Well, I don't need to tell you by now in our morning worship that it is Mothering Sunday. And of course, on Mothering Sunday, we think of our mothers, our natural mothers, of course, but not just our natural mothers. On this day, we widen the concept of mother to include those who have had motherly influences on our lives. So, aunties, official or unofficial, that is, those related to us and those people we call auntie to whom we're not related, are likely to receive flowers and gifts and greetings today, and quite rightly so. In fact, for some of us here, these motherly figures could be more significant in our lives than our birth mothers. For example, those whose mother died, particularly if they were very young and they were raised by others who became mother to them. For those who never knew their birth mother at all. For those raised by somebody other than a birth mother. And then there are those, and Amma referred to this in her sensitive prayers, who for whatever reason are estranged from their birth mother. So whether a birth mother or someone who became mother to them, today, in a sense, we celebrate motherhood. The best that is associated with, if you like, being maternal, nurturing, raising, teaching, protecting, counseling, encouraging, raising, protecting. And we give thanks for all those who have influenced our lives for good in that respect, who have parented us. And that notion of parenting us is at the heart of this sermon this day because I want to focus upon God as heavenly parent. Now, of course, in this respect, it's the word father rather than mother which has dominated Christian history and dominates Christian scripture as an ascription for God, Jesus. Uh, And we heard this in the passage that uh, Jacob's just read for us. Jesus is constantly referring to my father in my father's house. I I am going to the father. I will pray the father and he will send you a counselor to be with you, etc., 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 So understandably, and particularly recognizing the patriarchal nature of society over very many centuries, when we have pictured God in art and sculpture and literature, God is usually portrayed as being a man, as being male. But in fact, God isn't male or female in the sense that we human beings are. God is God, the creator of all things, transcendent, holy, almighty, everlasting. Now, to be sure, the Son of God, Jesus Christ, is male in the wonderful sense that he is God become human the incarnated God. But that doesn't mean that God the Father or God the Holy Spirit are either male or female in that human sense. Even though classical art would have God very often as a 
a somewhat elderly man with a flowing white beard sat on a cloud in heaven. Some get uh, very hot under the collar when God is referred to as mother for various reasons. Uh, I remember when we were writing the Methodist worship book, I was one of the people who helped write that book throughout the 1990s. It's the book we use and we'll use next week for our communion service, for example. And we thought when we were writing that book, the official book of Methodist worship, how should we go about addressing God? Rightly or wrongly, and it was the 1990s, remember, we didn't include Mother God as a kind of ascription anywhere in the book. And some were glad at that, and some wrote to us and expressed their disappointment at that. I think we took the view that as God isn't either male or female in that kind of strict human gender sense of the word, there was very little point in replacing father with mother. You didn't actually put anything right by that. Even though many Christians would welcome that as a very small redressing of a balance, suggesting that God is inevitably male. We did just once in one of the communion orders, we might use it next week, use the phrase, God, our Father, and our Mother. Just once. And I guess what we were trying to do when we put that in, and it sounds very mundane now in 2018, but when we wrote the passage in 1997, it seemed a bit, shall we do this? I guess we were suggesting that God is in fact our heavenly parent while recognising that even the word parent from which we get parental is male connoted rather than female connoted. Instead what we did in that book is what Peter did in his prayers and what most of our hymn writers have done in the hymns that we've sung this morning. In that worship book, we increased the occasions when we celebrated the nature and the character of God. Gracious and forgiving God. Generous, self-giving God. Patient and nurturing God. And so on and so on and so on. We were trying to describe what our wonderful God is like, without necessarily going on to press a certain gender onto that. Making the obvious point that being gracious or forgiving or patient or caring is ultimately neither male nor female, though we often associate them with one or other gender, but actually is both at its best. Because the main thing, and the main thing of this sermon this morning, is to realize that the scriptures make it crystal clear that God is heavenly parent. So what, you say? You've got preached for six minutes and wasted our time already to tell us that. We know that. We make that point every time we say the Lord's Prayer. Well, I guess what I want to do in this sermon this morning, which is shorter than most and very simple, is for us to just pause for a moment and actually realize what we're saying when we use the word either father or mother 
to actually make the claim that the God who created everything is our heavenly parent. Because that is astonishing. Other religions, Islam for example, have dozens of names and titles for God. But Christianity is just about unique in finding anything that's equivalent to that passage in Romans where Paul the Apostle turns around and talks about Abba, which isn't quite a silly daddy as you giggle, but is most clearly father, parent, in an intimate, familial, family way. Nobody else has that kind of language. Now, our image of God, when we shut our eyes and we're not really thinking about it, what we view God is like, is really, really important. It conditions, for instance, how we respond to God. It conditions whether or not we can feel we receive God. It conditions whether we can ever get to a point of saying that we love God. That picture of God in our minds, who we think God is and what we think God's like, is absolutely critical for spiritual life and health. Now, I know that uh, you were all goody-goodies at school. Oh, Well, I know that most of you were goody-goodies at school, and this never, ever happened to you, but imagine yourself back at school for a moment and that you have been sent to see the head teacher. There you are, you're sat in the classroom, and this smarmy prefect comes in and gives the teacher a note, and she looks up, Atkins, head teacher. And you know, it's widely known throughout the whole school, that this head teacher is a tyrannical, pathological child hater. <laughs> and so you walk with deathly slowness to his office. And you're praying as you get there that the, he might be out. And you knock timidly on his office door. And one split second later, the door flings open and he's there. And with a huge hairy arm, he says, You! in here, now. But if you know that the head teacher is gentle, kind and considerate and compassionate, and you're sent to the head teacher's office, your whole manner is completely different. You get up, you perhaps wink at your mates as you make your way to the door in the classroom. You wander down the corridor, you might even pop into the loo for a quick drag. And you go up to the, and you knock quite confidently on the door of the teachers. And after a discreet while, it opens and she's there and she smiles at you. Martin, thank you so much for coming to see me. Just just come in and sit down. And the only difference in those two silly examples is what kind of personality you imagine is behind the teacher's door. 
it conditions absolutely everything. Even on this day, Mothering Sunday, it's the case that when we talk of God as heavenly parent, as father or mother, the associations for some of us are not positive. Make no bones about it, for some this is a lovely day and for some it's a day they dread. They perhaps think of a person when they think of their parent and their mother particularly today as a person who didn't love them or as a person who rejected them or abandoned them or even who abused them. And such folk must be in our prayers on a day like this. But the point is this. Jesus makes it clear that God, heavenly parent, is not at all like that. Indeed, in one of his teachings, it's one of my favorites, I'll preach on it here one day. Jesus says to a crowd of people, male and female alike, you... Bad as you are, you know how to give good things to your children. And then Jesus pauses and says, so how much more will God, your heavenly father, your heavenly parent, give good gifts, give the gift of the Holy Spirit in one Luke's gospel to those who ask him? And we're suddenly made aware when we read words like that of two simple but stupendous spiritual truths. Number one, we, you and me, are regarded by God as God's children. And second, that we are loved children. And for some of us, the hardest thing in the world. But when we come to realize it, the most significant thing about our lives is that we are loved. Lots of babies have been born into our wide church family in recent months. That's good, isn't it? I mean, we've made a commitment haven't we? We made a commitment to make new members by conversion, by transfer, and by biological reproduction. Let's get on with it. It's what you do when you're young. Our Atkins dynasty will increase all the more later this year. Wow. And you look at a mother and her baby. Imagine it for a minute. I'm just painting a picture for you. There they are in the lounge of a house, and the mother has the baby here and is jigging it about a bit. And the mother is singing quietly to the baby and is talking lovingly to the baby, though the baby understands not one word at the moment. It doesn't stop her. And the mother gazes at the baby and watches every sign of response and progress. He smiled today. First smile, no, it was wind. No, he wasn't. He did. 
And yet, and yet this baby has had all sorts of disruptive effects upon the family. Minutes before this idyllic scene I've just painted for you, the baby threw up all over mum's nice blouse and filled a new nappy just as she'd changed him. Mum has been up at least three times each night for the past eight months. She's dog-tired and describes herself as feeling like a run-out dishcloth. And only now is her body getting back to how she would like it to be, and she's beginning to realise in some ways it never quite will. So what has this baby done to deserve this adoration from its mother? And incidentally, as he walks into the room in our imaginary scene, the father as he comes in. And there's only one answer. It's been born. Simple as that. It's been born into a family where it is loved. And despite all the many consequences of that, and even possible heartache of that, this child is loved by its parents. Do you know that, amazingly, from our birth, no, no, even before our birth, we have been loved by God, our heavenly parent. And as with human parents, nothing pleases God more than for his loved children to come to love God, their parent, in return. It's just the same way that millions of mothers will be touched and thrilled today by little cards and gifts and words that find a multitude of ways of just saying, Mum, we love you. And when we get down and dispirited or lonely and things are hard for us, and it happens to us all from time to time, it's the fact that we are loved that actually enables us to keep going. God, almighty God, says to you and to me, I love you, my child. And rejoices, there's rejoicing in heaven, when we reach a point in our lives where we're able to say truly and honestly, and I love you, my God, heavenly parent. We're getting nearer to Holy Week and Easter and the key events of our faith. When Jesus died on the cross, one of the things that we read happened is that the veil which was in the temple, and the temple was where God was believed to be and was hidden behind this veil in the Holy of Holies, that veil when Jesus died on the cross was torn in two. A dramatic symbol that God was no longer remote or distant from his loved children. He was being made known in Jesus Christ. Jesus, who knows the nature of God better than anyone else, calls God his Father. But even in Greek, it's not quite male, it's parent one. 
creating one, nurturing one, protecting one, loving one. God, whose character is all the best of what we call male and female gifts and attributes, because ultimately, and Alan Gort's hymn we sang just a few moments ago made this point superbly, very poetically. Ultimately, all courage and care, all self-giving and all goodness, all kindness and strength, all love comes from God, who loves us with an everlasting love. And even today. Have some of us, I wonder, been so used to the idea that even when we use the word father or occasionally mother to describe God, it's just become a title. And we need to be reminded again that God is heavenly parent and that is just astonishing. You know, some of you know I was in Florida doing some teaching two or three weeks ago and I was talking about the Holy Spirit and one lady came up to me, she was a United Methodist pastor, she said, I've just realized for the first time listening to you that the Holy Spirit is not a name we give to the third part of the Trinity, it's a Holy Spirit because the Spirit is holy. Father is not the start of the Lord's Prayer as just as some sort of introduction we invent. It's Father because the nature of God is parent. And then if we realize that on this Mothering Sunday when we celebrate all those free and fine and lovely things that the Creator has placed in as his creation. When we realize for the first time or the hundredth time that we are in fact loved by the creator of the universe and within the trinity of God we're even building a symbol of sacrificial love week by week. And realize that we are loved by that heavenly parent. We choose to accept that we have been born of God and choose anew and afresh, even this morning, to love God in word and deed. And if we make another resolution to do that, or even like the lady in Florida, realize something for the first time, then we've come to the heart of what we celebrate on Mothering Sunday. Amen. Now YPF and Junior Church are going to re-enter the church uh, and we're going to stand and sing the last hymn and if you're of a female gender this morning, although I'm rather hoping for some, you might get some daffodils. So we stand and we sing as that comes about our final hymn, Now Thank We All Our God with Hearts and Hands and Voices. <laughs>